Good morning, and we welcome back to the program 9th District Congresswoman Erin Halchin. Good morning to you, Congresswoman. Good morning, Tom. And a lot to catch up on. Uh, It's been a while since we've talked, but uh, nevertheless, uh, we shall uh, soldier on here. But uh, uh, a couple of things that uh, you've had uh, recently going on, and uh, this include the uh, National Police Week uh, floor speech, and uh, a lot of this revolved around new uh, uh, police-related bills. Yes. um, I I had visited the National Law Enforcement Memorial to pay respects it just struck me that it's name after name after name after name of fallen officers. Um, you know, in the Ninth District, we've lost officers, including Officer Benton Bertram down in Charlestown. And these are officers that go to protect and serve, uh, knowing that they may not come home to their families. And so when I had the opportunity to deliver a floor speech um, in their honor and and supporting our law enforcement officers for National Police Week, um, I certainly wanted to take an opportunity to do that to say thank you. And then also um, there was uh, some uh, movement on a border bill, and uh, can you kind of uh, fill us in on that and uh, how the uh, House vote went? Yes, so we passed H.R. 2, which was the Secure the Border Act. Um, You know, Tom, we've talked about how I visited the border and how if anyone saw what I saw down there, they'd be you know, declaring a national emergency. The president hasn't um, visited the areas that I did, which are um, among the worst um, in in South Texas. Um, we're 1,288 miles from the border in my hometown in southern Indiana, and we are a border state. Um, I've said before that it, it is either deliberate or incompetent. Um, at this point, I think it must be deliberate because it is an unmitigated disaster. Um, people are flooding into the country between ports of entry. So the Secure the Border Act is a uh, it, it reinstates the Trump era policies that were working, which was secure the border, uh, build the wall, implement technology, and staff up. Border Patrol personnel, and that's what Border Patrol is asking for. Um, they need our support, and uh, it is something we must do. So HR2 passed. It's in the Senate. Um, I don't expect they're going to take it up, and I think the president would probably veto it. But it is, uh, with Title 42 expiring, um, it is absolutely necessary. You know, the first step in comprehensive immigration reform is to secure the border. We are uh, being outspent and outmanned uh, by the cartels at this point, and that's totally unacceptable. And, of course, you mentioned uh, Title 42 uh, expiring, and I believe that that uh, happened uh, since the uh, H.R. 2 passed. Um, well, what are you getting as far as, uh, at least on a follow-up, as far as uh, what the picture is uh, and what's been happening since Title 42 expired? You know, they're expecting a fourfold increase. I know that there are thousands that are headed this way, um, knowing that Title 42 has expired. Uh, We've got, um, like, a situation in New York where, you know, citizens are getting pushed out of their own services, including veterans, because they're making room for migrants. And um, that is, um, that's not acceptable either. We have to... 
uh, first and foremost, um, take care of the citizens of the United States. Um, and uh, we need to stop the um, attraction of people coming here um, unimpeded and expecting that there's going to be, um, you know, services available, securing the border, uh, the Remain in Mexico policy. Um, you know, these migrant children that are coming concern me the most because we have 85,000 kids that have crossed the border that the Biden administration has sent uh, to addresses on slips of paper with no verification that those kids are safe. They're completely lost, and uh, we don't know if they're well cared for or being human trafficked. Um, it's a humanitarian disaster, and it's on the Biden administration. You know, I've been hearing stories of uh, some of the uh counties outside of uh, New York City, outside of Manhattan, uh, saying that uh, they can't uh, take the immigrants and, uh, you know, the migrants and so forth. But, uh, I mean, have you uh, heard from anybody uh, personally in uh, some of those counties where they're, uh, uh, I, I believe it was Mary Eric Adams in New York City was saying that they wanted to send these, a uh, lot of the, uh, the migrants to uh, neighboring counties and jurisdictions. I mean, have you heard personally from uh, anybody who has uh, said anything about this and uh, what they're facing? Yes. I mean, Congressman Nicola Loda represents Long Island, and he's joined with their, the county um, leadership there to say we are not going to take the problems of New York City. Uh, Mayor Adams is the one that said they're, they're a sanctuary city, and uh, Long Island never agreed to that. Um, so they're, they're standing pat and saying we're not going to to take migrants, um, it's a problem created by Biden and uh, you know Democrats that believe that um, you know they're going to have these sanctuary cities. If if that's the case, then they need to own those problems and not put the costs and consequences on surrounding areas. All right, and then with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. We'll continue our conversation with Ninth District Congresswoman Erin Halchin right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our biweekly visit with Representative Erin Houchin. Of course, she is the, uh, represents the 9th Congressional District in Indiana on uh, Capitol Hill. And uh, I understand that uh, the uh, honor flight to D.C., there's uh, some uh, veterans from uh, southern Indiana who uh, made the trip uh, to uh, as part of the honor flight to uh, D.C. recently. Yes, Tom, I was able to greet them uh, near the Korean War Memorial. Uh, they were... Korea and Vietnam veterans uh, from southern Indiana, and it was um, just incredible to visit with them, to say thank you, uh, you know, thank them for their service. Um, Many of them, all of them that I spoke to, it was their first honor flight. They were accompanied by friends or family and um, just very, very grateful for the opportunity to visit and say thank you to these, um, these great veterans. Now, when you've been in uh, the nation's capital on the business, and uh, have you uh, had a chance to uh, run into a lot of those folks uh, uh, 
you know, in D.C. or was this uh, when uh, when they were taking off from uh, from southern Indiana that you got to meet with them? They were in D.C. Um, you know, they, they were uh, touring and visiting the memorials and they were uh, there to, um, you know, on the Lincoln Memorial Plaza to go to the Korean and the Vietnam uh, Memorial. And uh, we got to visit with them, you know, when they were in town and uh, on their honor flight um, right here in D.C. And then uh, finally, uh, earlier this month, you got to go on a, a congressional delegation with uh, Speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy overseas and uh, uh, toured several countries. And uh, on top of that, you got to meet the Holy Father. Yes, we had the opportunity when we were in Rome to, to visit the Vatican and um, meet um, the Pope. And it was the Holy Father. And it was uh, an incredible experience. Um, he um, spent a lot of time speaking with Speaker McCarthy um, prior to our meeting, and then we had the opportunity to go in and visit with him, um, touring the Vatican, and you know, also Vatican City was um, was an ex- incredible experience. It's beautiful. The Sistine Chapel is amazing. We were able to um, spend time with the Holy Father, and it was um, you know once in a lifetime opportunity that I was I was. Uh, blessed to have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, can you kind of describe what it's like to meet uh, Pope Francis, or you know, for that matter? I mean, that's got to be. Uh, I, I can't imagine what that what that experience would be like. Um, it was uh, it was humbling for sure. We we walked into the room, we uh, got to greet and, and shake hands, and then um, he presented a gift to Speaker McCarthy and vice versa, and. Um, then uh, we had brought some rosaries for him to to hopefully bless. Um, he did so. He blessed the rosaries and uh, then presented a gift to each of us, um, which was uh, a 10th anniversary coin that they had made um, in his honor. Um, it was uh, surreal um, to, to be standing there in, in, in the Vatican and, and uh, you know, greeting Pope Francis. Now, is everybody in the uh, room at, um, and part of the delegation, are they uh, part of the the faithful uh, practicing Roman Catholics? We did have several that were that are practicing Roman Catholics. And, uh, you know, I'm, it, I am not Catholic, but it was, uh, I'm sure, um, an incredible experience for them, too. You know, during our trip, we visited um, Jordan. Uh, we visited uh, Israel and Egypt and, of course, Italy. Part of that was the 75th anniversary of uh, Israel's statehood and celebrating uh, with them. The United States was the first um, country to recognize their statehood, and uh, so that was a wonderful celebration. Um, but also to continue to encourage peace in the Middle East. Um, you know, Jordan and Egypt in particular have been very critical in in the Abraham Accords, and um, you know encouraging and, and helping to facilitate peace between Israel and Palestine in the Middle East. And so, you know, we wanted to visit and uh, visit with those leaders and continue to talk about how we, you know, encourage and, and appreciate um, their support for the Abraham Accords. And then, you know, the visit to Italy uh, was also similar, um, dealing with Ukraine and Russia and, um, again, Italy's support for peace in the Middle East. All right, and then uh, as far as uh, this week is concerned, uh, what does your uh, agenda look like? 
Uh, we have a few bills um, that we're going to be considering. One is the Halt Fentanyl Act. Um, that is to um, stop the flow of fentanyl um, and create stiffer penalties. Um, the other is um, another is uh, not supporting the uh, bite rule for uh, bailing out uh, the student loans. Um, so those couple of bills will be coming through the rules committee. And of course, we have the debt limit um, that is sort of looming right now that we're expected to hit. Um, Republicans have done their jobs. They've, they've passed the Limit Save Grow Act, which raises the debt limit, but it also has some expectations in return for cutting spending and growing the economy. That passed um, the House and is, you know, was sent to the Senate. The, the onus is on uh, Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden. It did force uh, the president to the negotiating table with Speaker McCarthy, um, and they have had ongoing talks um, and negotiations since that. Um, however, um, you know, the Biden administration, it's my understanding they're expecting and demanding that we uh, raise taxes, and that's um, likely to be a non-starter in the House conference. Um, we've said and we know that even the House Democrats, uh, many of them, and uh, Senate Democrats will not pass a clean debt ceiling. It can't pass, you know, the House or the Senate. Um, so the pressure really is on the administration to work with Republicans. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I sure hope that uh, they will just pass uh, the Limit Save Grow Act and uh, take care of the debt limit and um, put us back on a path of fiscal sanity. Well, Ninth District Congresswoman Erin Houchin, as always, we appreciate your time. Stay well, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again in two weeks. Thank you so much, Tom. Have a great day.